share life stories of various individuals to inspire and educate. You're listening to Anecdotes, a podcast hosted by two millennials, Timothy and Vance. Thank you for joining us on this learning journey. Let's discover our why together. Welcome to episode 18 of Anecdotes. This is a show where we share inspiring stories and learn how to become better each day, one anecdote at a time. I'm Vance, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Timothy. In this latest episode, we had a chance to chat with Connor McHugh, an Irish physiotherapist who has been working in Singapore for the past four years or so. He shared his experience of doing voluntary work in Vietnam for Operation Walk Ireland, along with his day-to-day work as a physiotherapist. His perspectives as an expat in Singapore and helping people in need were indeed inspiring. Listen on for more. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Okay, so today we finally have a guest again. After three weeks, I think. Yeah, two to three weeks. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's none other than uh, a friend that I know through the gym. And he's Connor McHugh. Comes from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes from Ireland, the country where Conor McGregor is <laughs> as well. So basically, it all started with a simple conversation of, uh, you listen to Joe Rogan or something like that? Yeah, that sounds started, yeah. And then I just, with a short mention that I'm actually doing a podcast as well. So, you know, that's how it all led to this. And I didn't know that he wanted to start a podcast until his girlfriend mentioned it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, and then she's saying that uh, you should invite him. It's like, awesome. Another guest. <laughs> without Because it's kind of difficult to get a guest over if they don't really know what a podcast is. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. so when you, you know and you listen and then you, you it'd be easier to convince you to come on board the show. Oh, I'm a yeah. definite, like I'm a big podcast addict you know listen to a lot of podcasts so that's yeah. always cool to try and do and yeah know. and please do not hesitate to ask us for anything in regards to recording yeah but it, yeah. um whether speaking better we still need we're still learning <laughs> not uh, sure we can guide you on that but uh, you just practice i guess technical aspects yeah technical aspects yeah. yes starting a podcast <laughs> getting a podcast up onto itunes yeah and what, hosting yeah mm. please just ask us if you thanks a million yeah, mm. i appreciate it mm. then um so basically is there anything you want to give an introduction um yeah i can give a little, little introduction yeah, yeah that's fine yeah, um, I'm from, I'm Connor. I'm from Ireland. I've been here in Singapore for in and around the last four years. Four years. Um, come from a small little town in the west of Ireland, right on the west coast. So it's uh, wild and rugged, real nice place if you like the outdoors. Mm. Um, what town is it called? It's called Ballina. Ballina. Ballina County Mayo, like oh, mayonnaise. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So they make mayo there? No, no, no. they don't. They no. don't. It's just, just coincidence. <laughs> okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, real, real nice place to grow up. Yeah, because uh, I was telling him, like, uh, it takes a lot of courage for anyone to just give up everything from where you're comfortable at to mm. pack your bags and go to a place so foreign, so far away. So, so yeah, that's a cool thing to do. And, uh, you want to share more about Yeah, that? sure, sure. I think there's a bit of push and pull factors with that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you talk to anybody who's emigrated to a different country, there's usually something tempting them, and there's something kind of pushing them at the same time. 
So like when I finished university, mm-hmm. there was maybe not the the nicest jobs available in Ireland for <laughs> for a young graduate, kind of the boring jobs in and like some hospitals and nursing homes for physiotherapists. I'm a physio. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really fancy that and I wanted to travel a little bit and then job came up in Singapore and I said, "Why not?" Me mm-hmm. and one of my good friends, we took it together and um came out here and been here since. Your friend is still here? She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She settled in already. And... She's, yeah, she's been here the same amount of time as me. And we both started off working in a, in a hospital here. And then we both went to private practice eventually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So and that's been very good to us, Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And that's where you actually met your girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you I were, did. You're mentioning to me that uh, you <laughs> finally had the courage to, to ask her out something like that. Yeah, yeah. I met her... Um, in the, in the hospital, she was like the office across from me, so yeah, you know, got to know her a little bit first, and mm. took the plunge and asked her out. <laughs> so, so were you someone that's that's shy last time? Uh, um, yeah, when I was maybe like a young adult teenager, yeah, painfully shy, huh. very very shy person. But then, as you as you go through life, you go to university, you get out of your shell, you you're thrust into meet loads of different people. I think that was very good. I think in Ireland, you because you're geographically, there's a big gap between like where you live or where you grow up and then where you need to go for university. Uh-huh. So everybody's in the same boat when they arrive in university and they just, you make loads of friends straight away and it's, it, you have to, you know, you're forced into it. And that's a great growing experience and you, you lose your shyness after that. And then obviously my, my work, I meet new people every single day. Mm. Yeah. So you can't be shy anymore. It's it's gone out of me. But oh. um, but yeah, started off very shy. I see. Yeah, but it's very different, you know, speaking to someone because of a job and speaking to someone because Socially, you're interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. True. But I think there's a bit of a crossover with both, mm. you know, mm. like people are people. And even if you are talking to them, like with your work, it's still, you still developing conversation around things so you know it's it's still still useful yeah it's like because i was wondering like because your accent is not very strong (laughs) was it localized over the four years or something Uh, no uh, it's it's kind of been like this since i arrived here but um where i'm from in ireland the accent isn't very strong and both my parents don't really have a strong accent at all and then when i was a, a little boy my mom made me go to like speech and drama class <laughs> and like elocution just so, <laughs> so you could pronounce it well i never had it? any problem but then i always talked very well but um um she forced me to go along and i don't know then all other mums when i used to go to birthday parties with kids they'd um <laughs> they'd hear me talk and then they'd try and send everybody else to speech and drama so all my poor old friends <laughs> had to come with me and they didn't like it at all because of me it was my fault oh okay okay so was that maybe was that one of the reasons why you thought you could start a podcast or something um, you mean because like my accent is very neutral is it oh uh, you mentioned that you were able to speak well and um, I think I was just polite you know mm. I was very polite mannerly young kid so like that's what that's what impressed mums more than anything you know the role model kid uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that all the ki- other kids will hate 
Because <laughs> you gotta set the expectations higher for yeah. them. But uh, is it true that like it's in Ireland everywhere is like fighting or you uh, know, no 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 it's not so like no no like they get drunk and then they pick fights. People just... do get drunk, you know. There's no denying that. But mm. it's if you're if you're out at night past like two or three a.m. You know, you know that's the dicey time. Trouble's gonna happen. People have had their fill of alcohol, and so if you avoid that, it's Ireland's a very safe place to to live. And I think it gets uh, blown out of proportion a little bit. <laughs> like I've whatever since I left Ireland when I was going out having drinks with my friends I've probably only seen maybe two fights in my whole time mm. if there's trouble anywhere if you want to go for it you know like in any big city around yeah. the world by Singapore you know Singapore's fantastic <laughs> but um, you'll always find it if you want it but we do have a strong tradition of like um, boxing in Ireland so like, mm. we've always had good boxers in the Olympics and things like that yeah. so there's a strong culture of young young men and things and women um, getting into boxing See. Yeah. Do you miss it? Do you miss being home? Ah, of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. You miss it. Um, you go through little ups and downs of oh. like missing home. So how do you get over them? Oh, you know. Um, I usually just try and ring some of my friends, ring my family, talk to them for a little mm. bit. Um, sometimes that makes you a bit worse though because you, you miss <laughs> them even more. But most of the time it helps. I see. And uh, try and keep keep busy meet other people, have social interactions, uh, exercise. It's a big one. Exercise. Never stop exercising because <laughs> yeah. it keeps your, your mind healthy. Yeah. And you don't get too down about anything really, you know. But yeah, but then the positive side of it is you always look forward to going home. And now when I go home and I enjoy my time at home, I look forward to coming back to Singapore. So that's, you adapt very quickly, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, because we have always been living here. We haven't, like, have any, like, uh, three... Have you been overseas for, like, three or four months? No, right? No. Yeah. The we, longest was two weeks. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And yeah. that was on a holiday. Yeah, holiday. It wasn't, wasn't through uh, exchange or what. So, we never really experienced what it's like to be away from home and your family members. But I think we all should experience that some days, you know. Uh, certain point of our life you know just to appreciate your family better <laughs> yeah. oh i think yeah absolutely you definitely yeah. value your time with your family like a million times more when when you've mm -hmm. been away like if you only get to see them for two or three weeks out of the year then you make sure that you're 100 with them and enjoying your time with them mm. but like yeah, the, like the first couple of months when you move away and things like that's the toughest. But if you can get through the six months away, six months, you're fine. Okay. You know, mm. you usually find a group of friends and build your life. And oh, it's pretty. Okay. Yeah, someone say it's easy, but like it's rewarding. Yeah, you like meet the likes of Tim, meet the likes of Vance. You meet <laughs> people all, all yeah. around the world. You know, people yeah. are people no matter where you go. Yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. People yeah. are people no matter where you go. Yeah. Hmm. You'll find common ground with anybody around the world you know yeah and the thing that i find that i learned the past few weeks was that common ground was actually essentially the only thing that bridged people together or even make the friendship or relationship stronger because mm. you find yourself opening up to people when you have something in common with them Absolutely. and then you're just excited and 
the thing is that uh, since we both do jujitsu, so we have that common ground. And then the podcast came about, and then so you want to start, and then that's where mm. uh, this came about as well. Like uh, you coming here, and then like okay, so it's pretty interesting. Like when you just ask someone, or have the courage to ask, um, what are your interests, and then that's where things start to blossom. I think exactly. Yeah, like it just took one little conversation. You were sitting on the couch or something at the gym. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> How's it going? How's your day? And yeah, there we go from there. You know. Yeah, and then uh, I always had like, oh, like, oh man, my arms are so stiff. Was like asking him, like, do you think it's possible for me to do a split at this age? I kind of so I was asking this kind of stuff, and then he's like, yeah, it'll probably take a while. <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit more about like, uh, what kind of podcast do you want to do? Um, like I like the the long form podcasts where mm. like, like conversations, like this, conversations, yeah, conversations, you know? like the Joe Rogan's where he'll go really really deep with people for like mm. three hours, and you yeah, you feel like you get a rough feel for them. I think mm. those are the most enjoyable or like the Tim Ferriss one where you're trying to learn something from somebody. Mm. You're trying to see how they were successful or what went on in their life. Mm. And I think it's like we need more of that these days because a lot yeah. of the stuff is just like social media, social media, clickbait, instant, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, it's just like our attention spans are so short. Yeah. And then um, I think podcast is like the last, <laughs> the last stand <laughs> against like, you know, good good um, Con- media yeah. and content you know like if i really am interested in something like i want to listen to it mm. for a long time i want to really get the nitty-gritty out of it you know yeah. and then i would love to like have a podcast similar to you guys you know or something like that where you sit down with interesting people and you just have a chat get to know them and yeah like it's that's like... it's fun like it's nice to to meet people you know yeah and exchange ideas Hopefully, maybe something along healthcare-ish that I could have that in the background, like wellness and things, because um, obviously I have a lot of interest in exercise and, you, and like health, yeah. so um, I could maybe use a little bit of that with it. Yeah, because mm. I remember you mentioned to me that about last two or three months ago, you went to Vietnam ah, to yeah, do yeah. the... I mean, I can't remember what's it called, but it's the, I know you went there to help people... Uh, recuperate after the operation stuff. And yeah, it's a. I, I was telling him like it's a really mm. uh, good thing because now these days people are too concerned with themselves that they are not bothered to help. Yeah, and I find it a really meaningful thing for you to do to do that. You you went there twice already, right? Twice already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's do, um. Do you want to share? Of course. Yeah, that? yeah. Um try and give it operation walk a bit of publicity yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, it's an irish charity called operation walk okay so um i used to work for a wonderful man called Derek bennett he's a surgeon in ireland and um uh, he set up this charity and um, there used to be there's loads of american branches but he set up the first irish branch mm. and it's basically where you go into underprivileged countries mm. where they don't have any treatment for osteoarthritis so like wear and tear of the joints mm. so like in vietnam they don't have any treatment for that um or it's like way beyond the means of uh, the regular person like me and you it'd be like three years wages to have a hip replacement or a knee replacement so there's very advanced forms of arthritis in vietnam so we fly over every year and we bring everything we need with us the implants the, the crutches the 
whatever you name it, the drugs. Mm-hmm. We fly it all over, and then they roughly do around fifty to sixty joints. Um, mm. And then we, my job as a physio is to rehabilitate them with the yeah. other wonderful team members there, and um, to get them good enough that they can go home. So it's they're great people. They're really hardy, tough, and really grateful. Just super yeah. grateful and thankful. You know, I get more out of it than <laughs> than them sometimes because I'm just like they're so great to be around. You know, yeah. kind of makes you yeah. really appreciate what you have. Yeah. Mm. And it gives you more energy, right? Oh yeah, you feel you feel revived when you come away from it. You know, you feel like life is good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's the the thing that I think Vance also shares something similar to you, because he likes to help people in that sense. Yeah, but I haven't really been to something like that. You know, that kind of scale where you fly overseas, you know, help people in need and everything. But it's something that I would want to do in the in the future, definitely. So, um, what would you I like guess, to do, man? Sorry, what would you like to do? Hmm. If I were to really have to point my finger on something, yeah, I would say orphans. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really. Per- I personally don't really like kids, but whenever I think about the orphans, you know, around in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think that they are probably the ones need us the who most. Needs, yeah, who, who who needs help the most because they don't have. They don't have anything, you know. They are just like kids who, had whose parents just abandoned them. Yeah, yeah it breaks your hands really, yeah. really tough. So, if anything, the first my first voluntary work would definitely be an orphanage. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Hmm. Where would you like to that in Asia or like yeah, mm. Africa? Ah, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, he's been saying that he wants to adopt two African kids. Well, good on you, Vance. Yeah, but definitely not now because I don't have the means to even support myself yet. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, in the future, definitely. And voluntary-wise, yeah, I'm definitely looking at, I'm going to start looking out for voluntary work. But for this voluntary work at Vietnam, is it something that is tied to your job or is it something you just find out? Well, that's how I fell into it because um, Mm -hmm. um, I was working for that surgeon and then he he talked to me one day over lunch. He was telling me about, oh, he'd been, he used to go every year with the American charity. Mm. And he said, he's starting up an Irish one. Would I be interested to to help out and join? Was that in Singapore? Or? That was in Ireland. In Ireland. So he's an Irish uh, surgeon, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. so it was, it's, uh, it was a great opportunity. I jumped at the chance. Um, if you, anybody out there listening, if you Google Operation Walk Chicago or Operation Walk Ireland, mm. you'll see videos of past missions and tours and, um, you'll see what it means to them. You can see the faces and there's lovely YouTube videos. And um, so he showed me one of those and, he, and I was like, I'm in straight away, sign me up. And um, But what was it that like, you know, I want to do this, that, that kind of thing that snapped? I don't know. It just felt natural. Just like immediately I was like, oh, obviously in my own small way as a physiotherapist, I can help these people, you know, but it was enticing because you're working with a team of people there's doctors there's nurses there's anesthetists there's and um, admin people like it wasn't it's a whole group effort and and you got to travel a little bit and experience a part of vietnam that you wouldn't really get to know like we got to know the vietnamese and, mm. and medical team over there we we're sitting down having lunch with them chatting with the patients even though we you know i'd 
like no Travel. Vietnamese, but, <laughs> but they would talk to me nonstop and I would yeah. talk to them and be like, oh, how's yeah. it going? And we'd try and get a translator and we get a little bit of conversations. And But like you sit around, you eat food with people. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you, like you, you said, you know? people are people everywhere. No matter where you go. Yeah. And they know, <laughs> you look them in the eye, they look you in the eye. They know if you're trying to help them or you're not trying to help them. Yeah. People know that. Yeah. Would you say that mm, the largest part of why you went over there is because you trusted a surgeon a lot? I mean, you have some sort of close relationship oh, yeah. with him. Yeah, he's a he's a very admirable man, you know. Mm. He's a, I, was, I would consider myself very lucky to have worked with him. He's probably the clearest communicator I've ever, ever come across. And he's so clear in how he explains things to patients, takes his time with them. And he's a, he's got a very kind, kind manner about him. So yeah, I was like, if if Derek's doing it, I would love to be involved because I trust him one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a bit like much older. Oh yeah, well he's all all consultant orthopedic surgeons, and they they don't get made a consultant until they're you know late thirties, forties. So he's been practicing for many years. So he's probably, I would say, in his mid fifties. You know, fifty around that age oh, so yeah. a bit older than me yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but i've always find it interesting that you know like someone who has actually kind of achieved everything already mm. and then they i don't know like why do they want to have that feeling to give back you know was it because like uh, since i've achieved everything and there's nothing left for me to do or was it just like everyone has that side to them that they are just nice in nature i think we all have that in us you know like altruism has been you know they, they study the chimps and monkeys and things and mm. um kindness and sharing has mm. been there even if you you look at chimpanzees and things and um, i remember watching some old documentary about it but like they can these biologists can pick it up it's in us you know and um it feels good to help people you know yeah. you get a lot more out of it than you would think and i can't speak for uh, mr bennett but um like if you know you have the skills like he has to do surgeries and make a big difference in somebody's life when you've seen it happen in ireland where people are walking in crippled in pain and then they you know they have the surgery and the day of the surgery they're walking around without any pain you know much less uh, if you can do that in ireland and you know there's people in a different country that have the same problems if not way worse mm. i think you like almost feel like a duty to try and help them you know mm. so but uh interesting i mean you mentioned that ireland is famous for the physiotherapist right like uh, well i wouldn't say we're famous that'd be a bit cocky but <laughs> <laughs> we're um i suppose it's been a, an established profession there for many years like australia and ireland and the uk mm. would have had physio therapy um before many other countries so physio here is still quite quite young you know yeah yeah but, but uh what made you want to join being via physiotherapist um i suppose i wanted to help people and i was always interested in health health care ish so i was always interested in exercise and um and sports when i was young you know so i thought like I like the science. I like the anatomy. I'll give this a go. But you know, when you're when you're sixteen, seventeen, yeah. you're trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> really, if we're unless we're like some child prodigy at 
sports or music you don't know what to do yeah right? you, you, you pick your best with the cards that you were dealt you pick the best the best ones you know and i got lucky i i, I really i really like my job yeah. and yeah that's why i think i just got a little lucky you know yeah because it all started with me how this podcast came out is because i didn't know what i wanted to do yeah so i always wanted to know how people actually found out what what they they like uh what they actually enjoy doing and i think you mentioned that you've always been interested in sports and the whole health, health wellness thing. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so what kind of advice would you give to like someone that's 16 or 17 she's i don't know if i'm the best man to give that advice <laughs> but i'll try my best um Okay, maybe why not look at it as how will you give advice to a 16, 17-year-old yourself? Me, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a great question. That's a better <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I would say pursue your interests heavily. Mm. So, like, if you know you don't like something, like some subject or something, don't mm. force yourself down that route, you know? Like, seen friends of mine that they just went to college just for the sake of it they studied some history course or something that they didn't really like they're like oh it's okay i'll just go to college for the experience and then they finished and they didn't like it you know they were like i don't like this job i hate this job i'm stuck in an office whatever it's like you have to try and follow something that you really have an interest in because then it doesn't feel so much like work when you're studying it or you're trying to progress in it so it has to be something that you are interested in. I think if you follow your interests, you'll more than likely be successful in what you want to do. But like finding that interest yeah. may take, you know, five or six bites of the cherry, you know, like you're not going to find exactly like what fits you perfectly first time around. I'm not saying physio is like 100% the most 100% fit for me. It's probably like 80, you know, but it's not bad. Yeah, not that's, bad. That's, that's a pretty high score, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, and I don't know. At a point of time, was there was there something else, another profession that you were kind yeah. of, you know? Yeah, I had I had two offers when I got all my results, and I, I had an interest in marine biology. So, like mm, okay. growing up, I watched all the David Attenborough documentaries, you know, like all life, the life in the freezer, like all the nature stuff. I love that. I still do to this day. <laughs> watch any documentary that's on about animals or anything like that and i loved it and i was like this close to accepting that and not doing mm. physio and then i went physio instead mm. so yeah but i think i would have liked that almost as much as this because it's you're outdoors it's the one thing i miss about home is that oh. there's a there's a you know you can go fishing there's beaches everywhere <laughs> here's all go swimming concrete. in the sea you don't have to swim in a pool <laughs> damn you get to see animals like living their life as they would you know like simple things like foxes and you know and deer things like that you, if you're out hiking you might see some stuff like that or hares and i've always been like interested in that and like studying how they live would have been a great way to find a profession you know but that's in the past you know mm-hmm. well it doesn't mean you can't do that in the future true true yeah but it's maybe hard to tie up uh, physio and marine biology <laughs> together. 
some horses need some physio or something. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Tim, dude? Well, uh, I don't know because I think the way we are brought up in Singapore, uh, at least for me and him, is Mm. like we have always placed great emphasis on getting a job. uh, And to get a job, Mm. you need to be able to do well in school. So that's what we're being brought up. So we just know that we had to go to school, do our best, even though we don't like it. We still mm-hmm. had to do it. So we kind of like grew up without devoid of interest, you know. There was no yeah. jiu really? Did you say that as well, fans? Yeah. Because... I mean, he had some. But for mm-hmm. me, because I, I think I was too afraid to join new, try new things. So that made me afraid to try things so and then uh, that's why I, I couldn't find interest because I was too afraid to try mm. but for him he he liked the band like, yeah I, I, I did table tennis in primary school I did uh, symphonic band in secondary school wow, so cool. I was more like a rebel against my parents because they were not too fond about you know you're, you're, you're spending more time on something else that is not your studies which will ultimately get you a good good job, give you a good life. You don't have to worry about your, the rest of your life or anything. So, I don't know, maybe in Ireland, it, your parents or generally the culture there places more emphasis on having a hobby, having interests, then you pursue them, you know, living an uh, interesting life, a fun life, rather than a very practical approach. I think so. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I can only speak for my own upbringing, but like yeah. my friends, but like... um. I never had any pressure from my mom and dad to study. Like my mom would come into my room and she'd be like, "Do you want to go for a break? <laughs> you're studying too much. <laughs> go out and kick some football or something." Because you're like, "Yeah." They never. There's never any pressure to study. I put the pressure on myself, and my 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 rest of my family were kind of similar, you know. But there's definitely there's no rush to grow up, you know. When when you know you're like five to fourteen, sixteen, you're just yeah enjoying life as a kid playing sports meeting up with your friends exploring you know it's like as i definitely think it's a nice place to grow up mm. and you still the education system is still good it's not perfect like any education system is because mm. a lot of it can be just by rote learning you know and like rote learning by rote just like you know you here's the capitals of the world or whatever list them all memorize them list them in the exam you know a lot of a lot of uh, application a lot of teachings like that you know uh-huh. like oh what happened in i don't know like uh, when singapore gained independence in your history books and you just gotta spiel it all out and write it down it's <laughs> yeah. like absorb regurgitate it regurgitate it. yeah <laughs> like that's not real learning but that's what's rewarded in in a lot of education systems and that's yeah. what it's like in ireland as well a little bit but you kind of have to play the game to to get to whatever university or whatever yeah. you want to do. Hopefully you'll find something that's a little bit more broader based where you think a bit more yeah. reason and those type of things. But I think early on kids don't need that, you know, like they I think sport is really good, like 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 with jujitsu, I wish I got into it when I was very young because you're making decisions all the time. <laughs> you're keeping your body healthy. You're yeah. focusing the mind. That's just as good as you know, sitting down with a, a book for hours, you know, and I always find when I was studying, I'd do some exercise and then come in and I'd study way better than I would if I was just sitting in a chair for yeah. five hours straight, you know. 
Yeah, I think I think that's not really communicated well to Asian parents in general. Yeah. Because not many I mean, probably even to a certain extent, Western parents mm. might have developed that kind of mindset also that you have to be book smart to have a good life. Mm. You have to, you know, secure a very good job, be in a very good profession, very pre- prestigious well in a prestigious company so that you don't have to worry about money yeah yeah but you're forgetting about a lot of other things that can that that will ultimately lead you to a good life even without being book smart I think yeah Mm. but like I don't want to like sound like I'm um, you know model parent (laughs) yeah like I'm I'm, I'm no parent I don't know what it's like you know but yeah but I think like if you look at Singapore and you talk to people like yourselves and loads of people the people are so well educated here though you know and like you've achieved massive things here as a country in singapore like yeah. obviously doing so many things right you know it's very easy for me to say like oh you should have a bit more <laughs> exercise <laughs> but you know what i mean look what you've achieved it's it's fantastic here you yeah know? because i i talk to people from overseas and when they're pursuing their masters they say that singapore is actually a case study yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, so I I have no idea that there was a case because I think a lot of us we take Singapore for granted, like mm. we don't really appreciate a lot of things like the security, housing. I mean, the housing situation it's much worse in Hong Kong yeah. compared to us. Yeah, and but still we are complaining, but it always happens. I mean. But that's <laughs> that's, just, that's humans, isn't it? Yeah. We always complain about something, no matter what. Yeah. Like. So, but I think like the train of thought of how a parent, our upbringing, it is that's not really a right or wrong. Oh, I, not at all. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just that it comes from genuine concern about their kids. It's because they know what it's like to slog it out, and they know that in order not to slog it out. Because most of our parents are probably not as well educated as us right mm. now because they didn't mm. have the opportunity or they didn't have the amount of money. They didn't. They had bigger families. So obviously they didn't have enough money to pursue the education and they probably think that. And they grew up with this mindset that, oh, I've got to finish my school as quickly as possible, like mm. the bare minimum, which is the O-levels. Mm. And then I'm just going to go out to work straight away. So I think... They, they they work hard, they slog it out, and then they realize that, hey, I could have it easier if I studied further. Yeah. If I actually bothered to take a sacrifice a little to, you know, the extra three years could go a long way in terms of promotion in their old workplace. So that's what they believe. So that's why they are instilling that into us mm. to say that you want to live comfortable, comfortably, go get a good job. And the way to get a good job is to get Study the well. ticket. The yeah. ticket is your degree. That's the and what comes after that is up to you. And they're right though. Like it still is a yeah. still is your ticket to, to a, a comfortable job. life, yeah. you know. But yeah, you could probably do both at the same time if you just yeah. It's all about balance, it. it's right? All about balance, yeah. yeah, yeah. But as you said, it comes from a place of love. They're like your parents only want the best for you. They want a better life for you yeah. than, than they had they don't mm. want you to go through the, the same struggles they had to to start starting off you know yeah so i'm i'm still grateful by the 
I think I'm still quite lucky. Like, oh, at least I didn't find out that I need to pursue other interests on top of work and school and stuff at a younger age. I mean, I might have realized this at age 30 and then it'll still be kind of early still, but luckily I know about it earlier. And yeah, and it's all about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations all the time. Like, uh, then you know yourself better, right? <laughs> oh, I think so. Definitely. Do like, you... the more new things you can you can try in uncomfortable positions, you have to force yourself into, like, changing jobs. Like, that's mm. never easy. Like, Tim's just changed to a new job, and <laughs> yeah. that's always a big time of change, and you're nervous, and... Well, I think it was an easy choice to make (laughs) because (laughs) when you know you have better prospects and and whatever that's being offered is way more beneficial than where you are, then I don't think it's... I think it's a no-brainer despite the fact that, yeah, you got to get used to everything. Mm. I mean, it's the same for you when you change from the hospital to Mm. private practice, Mm. right? You know that what you're going to get is definitely better. That's why you move, right? True, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody is like that. Some people kind of, they'll, they'll wait around for a little bit longer mm. to kind of settle and oh, yeah. maybe not. They'll accept their lot a little bit, whereas I think we all have choices. Like, mm. that's how okay. life is. It's true. Loads yeah. of choices. So if you choose to stay somewhere that it's not good for you, or then that's on you, that's on you, you know. It's, you, mm. you need to make that oomph and get out of there. If you're, you know, try and make the right choices we're all trying we make many bad ones <laughs> and many good ones but yeah it's up to you isn't it yeah. you gotta make your own choice for your situation yeah so what are your plans do you want to set up your own practice here or you know um potentially down the line yeah um i would like to do a little bit of further study in, mm. in time hopefully do, do a master's you know yes yeah, and um, i would like to do some form of teaching down the line because i really enjoy yeah. that like like a lot of what what you're doing with, in my job is like you're teaching people how to move properly or mm. train properly and getting your ideas across to somebody and them understanding is very satisfying to me yeah and like i would love to do some type of teaching down the line and if i had my own clinic and things i definitely take students and I'd love to maybe get into a little bit of teaching, maybe physiotherapy down the line, but that's a long way off. You got to do bloody <laughs> uh, research and all this kind of stuff and to get a job like that. Mm. But yeah, I would say teaching of some sort, whether it's physiotherapy, whether it's something else. I think that's interesting. And I think a lot of people are missing that. Like we don't have that thing to look forward to. And then make, that makes us dread work. Oh, you know, dread yeah. waking up every day when you have something, you know, okay, that's kind of like my goal. I mean, there still probably be other things. Um, but when you have something like in mind, it makes you focus and then it keeps you, keeps the momentum going. And then there won't be a situation where you feel like, what's next? You know, you get there, you... St- as long as you have that mentality, that mindset, you always have something at the back of your mind that you want to achieve. And then life, life won't get so dull for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was what I was lacking, I think, before. I was just 
really know what to do. There's nothing that I want to do or want to achieve. And then with this, and then you, I have like, now like my goal is to, you know, just like you said, communicating effectively, working on mm. how I speak, you know, of course getting a more comfortable paycheck. <laughs> 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 I mean, more money doesn't help. And, and yeah, so, so far I, I'm liking whatever is, that's been dealt. So I can't complain. I'm very satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a great thing that you you've started this, you know. Like you had an interest in it, you wanted to do it and mm. both of you, you know, answering yourself. And um, I think it's a great thing because something you're interested to go for it and yeah. See where it takes you, you know. I mean, initially we just wanted this to, you know, to come like quite big, but actually it doesn't really matter to me now. Yeah. Because yeah. It's all about all these little things like having the conversations with you, with Sean, with all the other guests that makes it even more gratifying than seeing how many downloads we get. Yeah, Because yeah. it's all this mm. that really matters. It's whether or not people listen. I mean, it's just, it's just like a bit therapeutic for me also. <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, you know, just talking can kind of de-stress, I think. Absolutely. To a certain extent. We're supposed to be social animals. We're supposed to <laughs> chat yeah. to each other and and and, and talk and and um, share your ideas, share what you want to do for the future. Like it's or your interest. Talking to people is very therapeutic and healthy. You know. Yeah. Like, what's the worst thing they can do to somebody? Like in prison, they put them in solitary confinement. You know. Mm. Yeah. This. Like that's like pff, you're just left alone to your own devices. It's like it's not good. Yeah, never more, thought of it that way. <laughs> so more, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> the more people you can surround yourself with, like good people, I think it's really important. And if you get to meet like really nice people like yourselves through podcasting, that's yeah. brilliant. You're like growing your whole network of people you can call up and have a chat with, you know? Yeah. So when are you going to start yours? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going home in um, uh, next week for a little trip home. Oh. So maybe I might try and uh, maybe get some of this equipment before I go and uh, maybe do one or two with one of my one of my friends back in Ireland. So you're gonna buy this and bring it there? I think I might try it. Yeah. You, you could you could buy it on Amazon and get it delivered to your home in Ireland. Oh yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, it's a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. that's better. But uh, yeah, just see what you need. Whether you really wanna. A setup like that, or you just need the USB microphone. No, I think the setup you guys have it would suit me very well. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're really interested in like this, doing this like long term, then yeah, definitely get going. Going straight into this, especially when you're going to have a chat with your other friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely having a setup like this because the USB mics are not very, not very friendly in, in terms of. Like, if you want to have a lot of people, yeah. Because, you know, how many USB ports do you have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not that practical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the quality and everything. It's just a bit more, yeah. Maybe maybe you can tell us a bit more about, mm, you know, because you meet new people every day, you know, mm. help them with physiotherapy and everything, help them rehabilitate, recover from their injuries. Do you see anyone, mm, in general, are they, are they mostly... Uh, optimistic you know especially those who have i mean 
really bad problems with walking and everything. Yeah, that's that's a great question because um, yeah, he's been asking like really good questions, brilliant right? questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so even though he's uh, the quieter one, but when he asks, <laughs> I think um, yeah, there's certain injuries that people will, like be really down on. You know, like yeah. when they know it's a long term thing, like like an ACL, you know, where they, they've yeah. got nine months to a year of rehab ahead of them. Oh. And they come in and they oh. see you and they're like, oh, Jesus, I've done my ACL. And they're like, Phew. they're like down in the dumps and their knees all swollen and they're walking around really badly. And, you know, they go through a phase where they're, they're struggling and then you got to try and pep them up and say, look, it's going to be good. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get you moving again. You're going to have the surgery. It's all going to be fine. And, um, then people come around but you got to constantly motivate them so they're the they're the long-term ones that you're trying to keep up and generally they have a good attitude but like i've been really surprised by older patients you know who have like you you or me would say like you know they've got a really bad you know chronic problems like they're managing you know lots of comorbidities like diabetes hypertension all these mm. big problems and then they've got They've got a, you know, some arthritis in the knee and, you know, they're just happy if they can, they're like, if you help them get like a 20 minute walking, you know, they can walk down to East Coast Park and they're just like really happy and delighted about that. Oh. And they have a great attitude. They're like, they're like, geez, I did, I did my walk like five days in a row there, Connor. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like that is brilliant. And you, you get, you get more satisfaction out of that sometimes than the year long rehab you put in with somebody for like a younger person because they have a really positive outlook. They just want simple simple yeah. goals and they're really happy if they can achieve that you know it's not injuries a part of life we're all unfortunately gonna <laughs> you know nobody gets out of this alive we're gonna yeah. get some yeah. injuries and knocks along the way but it's i think it's how you view them you can look at it as like a learning experience or you can look at it as like oh this is the end of the world you know like you know if you injure your shoulder you dislocate it like a lot of people don't really know how to exercise maybe safely or efficiently in the, in the shoulder and they'll learn a lot from going through a, a physiotherapy program and then they'll use that even when they're not injured you know after they go back to things they have a whole repertoire of exercises they can pick and choose from it's like you can learn from anything from any experience or opportunities out there and um, i think attitude is everything mm. so like as you said like yeah you get people that are way down in the dumps and you get people that are just like really positive, can't, can't, you know, they're, they're, you're just helping them. Like they're getting on the bus with you and you're driving them along and they pop off and they're, they're, they're rehabilitated, you know, where you get the people that they just won't get on, <laughs> they won't come with you. And, uh, those are the ones you can't really help. You can't help, help everybody. Mm. Do, do you have uh, an experience with someone who really stuck up to you? Something that really left a very deep impression. I don't know, maybe someone who has possibly previously paralyzed, you know, lower body and you know, someone. Um, I have, yeah. I don't want to, like, mention names or specifics, I suppose. Yeah. But there, there have been patients that have, you know, had, like, serious uh, road, road traffic accidents, like um, knocked off their bike with, you know, Ooh. head injuries and things like that where... um you come into their rehabilitation at a point when you know they're they're starting to heal and get better and um 
they go from you know very little low exercise tolerance to going back to cycling again like those types of things are very rewarding but you know you don't get many of those like most of the stuff you see is the day-to-day stuff like you know knees and hips and ankle sprains and stuff like that but there's been many patients down through the years that have made marks on you you know like i think the a lovely old Irish man in and I was working in as a student in Galway. He was a he had a, like COPD. He is like it's a really bad lung disease where okay. like your your lungs basically lose how much they can uh, expand yeah. and uh, inflate and everything. So they're constantly out of breath because their their lungs are mm. puffed out like that. And um, and he's a native Irish speaker, so he was like speaking Irish to <laughs> my my boss and everything. And uh, he was like, it was a bloody fags, Connor, wasn't it? Like the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Unfortunately, they've done that to your lungs. <laughs> He's like, oh, Jesus. Anyway, he was like, uh, but he had a great outlook. And he was like, he was just so happy to get out of there and, and be a little bit less breathless and walk up and down the ward, you know. And like, I was like, Jesus, if this guy is like, you know, he's not got many years to live, but he's not positive. I've got nothing to really to complain about, you know. Yeah. And every breath we take being able to go to jiu-jitsu or walk up and down the stairs is is um it's a uh, we're, we're very lucky yeah, it's yeah. A gift. i think there's a great quote that they have in a hospital in galway and um, it's a uh, uh, health is a crown worn by the healthy but only seen by the sick mm. yeah well that's that's deep, deep man it's <laughs> yeah. cool it's a great quote yeah. is it is it said by the the CEO of the hospital or um, it's in a I think it's in a hospital called the Galway Clinic and um, I think it's in the lobby somewhere and it's mm. it's just up there but it always struck me and I never forgot it you know it's like you yeah. will never forget to exercise never no. for, never neglect your health because you always believe in in that yeah I, I really honestly think a healthy body a healthy mind you know like it's how many times have you exercise and then felt bad afterwards <laughs> never yeah never like you never you never feel bad after going doing some exercise you know it's you, you like going for a long run for me is really great you only clear some stuff in your head unconsciously and it's it's brilliant or yeah i just think it's it's often neglected you know i think you learn how to be really grateful you know you appreciate gratefulness as a whole yeah with your job i think so I, but like it's only when you sit down and talk to you guys about it that mm. maybe you reflect and you think about it mm. um, but i've always tried to yeah i've always tried to be grateful for it because you see every day people having problems much bigger than yours you know yeah 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 is there have you ever, ever tried you know convincing someone who doesn't see value in maintaining his health, his, whether is it mental or physical? Have you ever tried convincing someone? Yeah. And I don't know if you want to convince someone. Do you think? Do you have any tips or any advice or any approach that you can you think might be useful? Of course, yeah. So like, I'd say ninety percent of my job is trying to convince people <laughs> to get up and do something. And, yeah. But like. You know, your your standard standard middle aged person who's like not exercised much in their life. It's very daunting for them to even get start excuse mm. me, to get started. 
so like i usually like well when i send them through whatever i've asked them to do on email i'll send them a little link where that youtube video yeah 23 and a half hours if you've ever seen that video 23 and a half hours 23 and a half hours you put it in through youtube but it's basically a video um putting out a load of um research there about the benefit of 30 minutes of exercise for all these chronic conditions that are out there so if you only do 30 minutes of exercise moderate exercise walking getting yourself slightly out of breath you're you're gonna negate all of the chronic conditions we see that's a big burden on healthcare diabetes hypertension high cholesterol obesity if you only do 30 minutes every day you've got 23 and a half hours for the rest of the day to do whatever you want if you're going to completely abate all of these big massive problems that are a huge issue for the western world or you know the the first world yeah, yeah. Um, so then like that usually motivates them like jesus like you know you see people that come in with neck pain or back pain and it's very mild you know um simple postural issue or muscle strain and they're so afraid to get out and exercise again and if you just say like the the benefits of all these things in your cardiovascular system your muscular system just go for a walk and perspire <laughs> a little bit with a brisk walk and you'll you'll feel a whole lot better and condition yourself up a little bit and you're benefiting your health massively so there's there's ways to convince people like that's the kind way you know there's also you can convince people by the motivation of loss you'd be like you know you're what the motivation of loss Loss. so like you're Mm. like in your your 50s or your 60s Mm. and you know as we get older our, our, our muscles will yeah yeah if if you let them so you can go through yeah. a process called sarcopenia where your muscles start to get less and less and waste mm. and waste away yeah. if you don't exercise them. Right? That's part of aging. The cellular metabolism slows down. But if if you keep exercising, you will maintain that muscle mass. So like when this person that age, you'd be like, you know, you should really keep going because if you, don't, if you stop, you're going to lose muscle mass. So you're being motivated by the prospect of loss. Oh, whereas most okay. of us were like we're motivated prospect of gain right now we're like oh yeah. i want to get more <laughs> yeah. muscles i want to get i want to be able to run yes. that marathon or i want to be able to do whatever but for certain people you're like you mm. try and tell them what's down the line you know so in some ways you're kind of scaring them into you know yeah but that's my least favorite way you know i don't like yeah. doing that but like some people there's nothing else will click and you gotta go right just do it positive yeah. affirmation yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's very rare you need to do that, but I just think being positive and being nice to people, you know, like it's underrated. Just like when they come in the door, how's it going? How are you? How was your day? Yeah. You know, talk to the person first Mm. and then get to know them a little bit. Try and say, oh, where in the day can you fit this in? Talk to me about your schedule, you know, just getting to know somebody a little bit and then helping them is much better than just blurting out yeah. everything and going do this do this do this three times a day or once a day and <laughs> it's, you know you'd be the worst physiotherapist in the world <laughs> you need to like talk to people and yeah. you know understand them a little bit you see that's a quality that i think a lot of people are lacking these days mm. like we try to sell some something to somebody without even trying to understand whether you need that something or not that's a that's a good point yeah, yeah. and but what you said, it means you just need to know that person first and then see um, whether this thing would suit him or not. 
And that's something that a lot of us don't understand. We understand that, right? But it's kind of hard to practice it. Yeah, I guess it's a lot easier to convince someone when a person likes you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when getting the person to like you, you're doing something for that person. So he feels like he's obliged to listen to your advice because it's for his his or her good anyway. Yeah. So you know, like liking plus reciprocation will actually make, him, make the person more convinced to do something about his or her health. I yeah. think that's a great point. Yeah. But there are still people, you know, who don't listen to any sort of advice <laughs> only when something hits them. Something yeah. like a stroke. Yeah. In worst cases. Or even or something as simple as uh maybe a very long bout of fever or flu or whatever. And then they start to realise that oh there's some there's so much thing going on in your body that's that's wrong. That you have to actually Fix your diet, fix your exercise regime. Fix your sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know, I, I, I think that there are a lot of people like that out there, right? Who need to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to come across as preachy, you know, but like yeah. we're only, any of us in life, we're only like a vehicle for other people, you know, like mm. if they really don't want to help themselves, like you can't force it upon people. Like, we can try our best to give them all the information and hope they will make a better decision. Most people will. But, yeah, as you say, there is people there that that won't. And that used to stress me out massively. When I was, mm. like, first starting off, I'd be like, mm. I'd take on all of their problems so bad. I feel like I want to help them so bad and they wouldn't help themselves. And you mm. just got to learn to let it go. They're just not... People aren't ready at certain points in their life. Mm. They'll come around to it eventually. They'll see the light. You hope. Um, but you can't put that stress on yourself, you know. Do you learn that the hard way? Because, I don't know, because we meet so many people and mention, you know, some people just don't take your advice. They might even be rude or, you know, disregard and just totally obnoxious, you know, okay. despite your good efforts. Of course, when you're when you're early on and like in, in, in life, I think, yeah, you take all these things to heart a lot more, you know, but mm. with experience, I suppose, you, you learn to adapt to it and you don't take it on, you know? Like it's, you're trying to help people, but they got to help themselves as well. It's not, it's a two-way thing. It takes two to tango. Yeah. yeah. You can't dance on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I mean, like, um, so, a little bit more about you. Hmm. So, do you miss the food there in Ireland? Or? Yeah, I do, yeah. Like, um, I like I like the kind of, I know this sounds boring, but the plainness of food at home. Plainness of food? <laughs> yeah, like it's just like simple veg, simple meat. Mm. Like, there's not a massive bunch of spices, like a lot of spices and things. And the veg is like relatively fresh. Like my mum and dad, they grow all their own oh. veg in their own oh, garden. okay. So, like, I, I definitely miss all of that. Just going out to the garden with my dad and picking the potatoes out of the soil and washing them and all that kind of stuff is really nice, you know. Wow. It's but all this, the simplest stuff that we never actually knew what it's like to have a garden, actually. <laughs> 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 we are all surrounded by concrete. 
Yeah. You know, it's like we never really understood what's a garden supposed to look like. <laughs> so it's like, like even getting our shoes muddy, we feel, oh no, we don't, we don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, but for you, it's 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 different, right? That's different. It's different. Like, it's just we can't choose where we were born or brought up and stuff. You know, like you were born in Singapore, both of you, and I was born in Ireland. But, um, yeah, I love that that side of things. I didn't appreciate it really when I was, you know, <laughs> yeah. when I was a oh, kid, and, and my okay. dad was asking me to weed the garden for him. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, I gotta go down here again. <laughs> but like when I kind of went to college and I came back and I was like helping my dad do the garden I was like oh this is great like it's really enjoyable to do something with my dad mm. and then also you get mm. the, the vegetables and everything later on for your hard work and it definitely tastes a million times better wow. no doubt that's a great point because oh it's like you could use a, such a small activity and then you can attribute so much things like you can see like most of the things that you say have all that aspect of gratefulness in it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I mean, that's how I see it so far. It's, it's something mm, a lot of first world people don't have because yeah. they're constantly chasing the unchasable. Mm. Constantly chasing something that's not even there. They're just running the rat race. Right? Yeah. I mean, most of us, huh? Yeah, and then yeah. we get... We forget what the the things that really matter to us, and wow, I mean, you definitely changed my perspective on certain stuff. Mm. So that the greatest takeaway is that uh, you're very grateful for everything, oh, and if you could just inject that into every single thing you do, then your life won't be so bad. I think. No, you definitely have a much more positive outlook on things. Yeah, but like. One of the things I really like about Singapore is that like uh, people love to share their food with each other. Oh, like yeah. we don't have that as like in much in Ireland. Like obviously within our family and things, definitely. But yeah, like you guys, you all like or like Singaporeans always ask me or they tell me, oh, this is a really great food place. We should try it together. And then they bring me out and they show me it, and oh, I'm yeah. very proud of their food. Yeah, yeah. And that's I love that. But, like. Back home in Ireland, like nobody's like that. <laughs> oh. They won't like bring you out and show you the the food places. Yeah. Like they're very friendly in other ways. Like they'll bring yeah. you out for a drink and they'll they'll they'll, they'll show you a good time. But yeah. um, it's true. I'm very uh, grateful for that because I've got to taste all these crazy Asian foods that I would never <laughs> have never ever thought I would try when I was back in Ireland. Yeah, Singaporeans are really proud of our food culture here. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I think we are proud of. And that, I don't know what. And you like to share it, which is great, mm. you know. I guess it's... Uh, it's a, a thing that we are brought up with. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, easy to, it's, it's easy to connect with a Singaporean as long, as long as you talk to them about food. Yeah. I think yeah. so. It's a very easy topic to bring up. Yeah. And have a chat with, you know. It's mm. like, have you tried this uh, this place at this place? And then, no. And then, oh, you should try it. And then <laughs> the conversation just goes from there. And it all started, I think, since young, our parents are like that as well. So, and then it kind of uh, repeats itself through us. And then, but the thing is now, I think the culture is dying. Like the hawker culture. Yeah. Because oh, we don't, it's, I really take my hat off to to those hawkers out there. 
because mm. it's hard work. It's not work. an easy life, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard work, work for them. Long hours and you don't really get paid that well. But uh, that's why, but I think it's like you. They derive satisfaction when somebody enjoys their food. Mm-hmm. And you derive satisfaction when somebody actually accomplishes uh, said activity or five-minute walk. So I think that's that's great. But uh, hopefully it doesn't die. Hopefully <laughs> not, you know. Yeah. Or it'll adapt and change and, and it'll still be Singaporean in some other way, you know. <laughs> like the food. Well, the food and the dishes will never die, you know. Like yeah. they'll be in a different form somewhere else, but it's just the setting. Do your do your girlfriend's parents cook? Uh yeah, my girlfriend's mum cooks a lot. Yeah, so um she's a great cook. She <laughs> cooks loads of really nice Malay food, it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah. what's your favorite? Um I am Masa Mera, am I saying oh, that right? Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think uh, I don't know whether that's an Indonesian dish or something, but I know there's like a lot of gravy, uh, dry kinds of like dry gravy. Depends on how they make it, I think, but like uh, spicy, spicy, yeah, yeah. I like it. And it's good chicken, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about the Malay food is that usually it's a bit more expensive. Mm. when you buy it outside but I think it all boils down to amount, the amount of effort it's the amount of time it, that, yeah. Yeah. oh god it's so time consuming like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I have to they, gotta blend up all those spices fry them off cook them yeah, put them yeah. back in they have to do repeat the, the process because I didn't know because I like to eat the rendang I'm not sure oh yeah rendang is unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> and I went to watch the video on how they make they made it I was like, okay, I have no idea that they had to like do so many things. You had to grind all the stuff, and wow. Do you guys like to cook? Mm, not so much. I liked to cook last time, but I didn't like to clean. <laughs> <laughs> so I just nobody does. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I just don't want to cook anymore. But uh, maybe because the our food here is too oily outside, right? Yeah. So. Maybe one day I might try to see if there any like pre-cooked meals that you could cook and then you bring to work the next day, that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure. <laughs> the food here is really, really good, but it's definitely uh, yeah, maybe a little too good for you. <laughs> yeah. Put on a few pounds. <laughs> you eat it all the time, every day. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, we can try. And healthy food in Singapore is not cheap. That's what, yeah. Yeah, that's the irony. <laughs> that's the irony, isn't it? It's like the food that's good for you is not cheap. The food that's not that bad for you is cheaper. I think I think that's a that's a challenge for Singapore because yeah, healthy food is not only expensive; it's also not very easily accessible. Yeah, like you got to yeah. import everything here. Like yeah, it's, it's a it's an economic uh, trade off. Trade off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess in a lot of other countries, fresh food is a lot easy easier to get from mm. the supermarket and everywhere. Because even organic food in like NTUC or cold storage, oh, it's like it's yeah. way more. It's like one yeah. third of the price extra, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but but in Ireland, it's more, it's more, it's more easily accessible, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Fresh food. Like, a lot of people, if they have a little bit of land, you know, they'll they'll have a little garden themselves, you know. Mm. Um, but like 
like where you buy your meat like in ireland like my dad or my mom or, or i will just go to the butcher and i will talk to him and i'll be like oh i have this this and this and he'll he'll tell me oh that's from this farm down the road or that's from this wherever or that oh. and you like know where your meat comes from right <laughs> So that's like really nice, you know? Yeah. yeah. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know what meat it is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's all these little things that like, if you ask me to go to a wet market and you know, get some stuff, I, I don't think I'll be able to get what you want. Well, that's because maybe we, we're not as good at cooking as we our parents were, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? We don't know the cuts of meat and things. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, Oh, sorry. Yeah, but luckily my, my girlfriend knows how to cook. It's ah, quite brilliant. Cook. You're so, set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he wants to do a food channel with his girlfriend, actually. Wow, that'd be cool. Yeah, but <laughs> um, she's been saying it for the past year. And yeah, yeah not, nothing is done yet. I mean, she, she, she likes <laughs> cooking, but she doesn't like, you know, the maintaining of the channel. You have to, you have to film the Content whole thing. all the time. Yeah, yeah it's... But she enjoys, you know, like preparing, cooking. Of course, not the cleaning, as mm-hmm. usual. But she, she she really enjoys cooking, you know, watching cooking videos, coming up with new recipes, trying new mixes, combinations and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the re- one of the reasons why we want to start this quickly. Because if not, we'll just procrastinate and then yeah, nothing gets done. Yeah, it's the enemy, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Have you seen the, the, the Meat Man channel advance? Yeah. The Meat, the meat Man. The Meat Man. Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. I saw the rendang and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really... Like it's it's a, really well done. Yeah, it's like a... Is it a YouTube station? Yeah. But I always see it on I'm Facebook. Sure oh, it's, it's, a, it's a Singapore channel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you told me about it before. Quite good. Give you ideas for your girlfriend and you, yeah. Yeah. But that, that takes a lot of work. I mean, the amount of effort to... Derwin looks legit. It looks really yeah, it professional, <laughs> yeah. Any <laughs> equipment, everything, yeah. So she's not she's not that fond about it right now at least because, you know, she has I mean we we we're all young, we don't have much money yet. But <laughs> yeah, money's always a problem, right? So, of course. Of course. Yeah. And she's her her family is not very well off, so she has to support her family every now and then. And that's why she's not very fond of about it yet. Mm. Yeah. But Definitely down the road. I think she wants you know have her own food chain or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be easy opening a food chain in the future or so, but yeah, food businesses tend to do quite well in Singapore. Mm. Mm. There seems to be a lot of um like um changeover though. Like you see a new food food place comes up and then it's down again, another one comes up. It's like there's there's a lot of people wanting to get into food yeah. it seems like yeah it is but the thing that kills most food businesses these days are the rent right the rent is very mm. expensive so essentially you have to make at least 100 or 200 percent of day, uh, your daily uh, expenses thing. yeah uh, your sales all that needs to cover your rent as well mm. and that's what a lot of businesses face and now with social media, a lot of people use that to leverage their business. Because uh, if you listen to the, one of the episodes with my friend, Tenwe, yeah, mm. he's, he actually started his own 
um, food. He's selling uh, what? Japanese bowl. Japanese bowls. So cool. he has rice and sashimi. Yeah. He's still studying. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's at uh, Beachwood. So maybe one day if you want, I could bring you there or something. Oh, I'd love that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you are a fan of those, it's like raw sashimi, but there's some special soya sauce with the rice and stuff. So he's pre- doing pretty well, I would say. Good on him. Yeah. And I was quite impressed. By how it tasted. <laughs> but, and it all started, like what you say, pursuing their interests. Mm. He started off being interested in cooking at a young age. He liked to cook. And then he said, I want to do this before I actually start work. So he's actually still studying in university and he's doing this concurrently. So, yeah. Wow, he's a very driven man. He doesn't have a lot of time <laughs> on his hands, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. He's busy with that. He did, he did it during his his three-week holiday, right? Yeah, yeah, and and he did it during his holidays. Holiday, and when he had school, he had the other friend running mm. on days that he didn't have school. Wow, good on him. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah. Actually, his dad his, has, has his own restaurant or so, mm. so he's like pretty much, there. you know, so he really had the contacts and stuff, mm. but still, it takes someone who is motivated and driven to mm. do something like that and we have a f- mutual friend who says that a lot of the ideas die in our head 90% of the ideas dies in our head and mm. if we don't act on them then you just fade away so hopefully you get your podcast up and oh running. definitely you guys have encouraged me a lot now i gotta <laughs> get up off my bum and, and yeah. do it <laughs> no excuses yeah. i mean if it's something you enjoy and why not the, yeah. the amount of money may or may not be a lot now i mean now maybe yes <laughs> but in the future yeah. it won't be no. i'm yeah. sure because whatever we got out of it will definitely be worth it worth it i think so yeah and i'm sure mm. you would because most people who listens to podcasts, I think, would like to share their insights and stuff. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I guess podcasts kind of breeds patience or so because you have to listen on. I mean, of course, there's show notes and everything, but if there's no transcript, which most podcasts don't, mm. you have to listen on. You have to understand the story. You have to, you know, like the person, get to know his, get to know who he is and everything. So, I think podcast is a is a very niche medium, mm. but definitely, you know, you have quality audience. Yeah, yeah I think you have loyal audience as well. Like, yeah, I think all of us we like podcasts and like we'll. Well, I I can only speak for myself, but like I listen to my podcast pretty <laughs> religiously and yeah. have a good loyal following to the ones I follow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think if people like a podcast, they will keep coming back to it over and over again you know yeah yeah and i am not sure if you listen to the on it the aubrey marcus yeah yeah i just started listening to it last month yeah 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 so he was saying that the conversion rates as compared to let's say he would get he were to get a celebrity to promote his product on instagram mm. as compared to promoting it on a podcast the conversion rates of a podcast is way, way, way better than an Instagram post because he says that 
if someone who listens to your podcast, they are your loyal customers because mm. they are essentially um, not wasting, but you know, spending <laughs> three, two to three or maybe one to two hours a week listening to you. And mm. if they could spend too much time on you, definitely they'll be willing to support you in what or whatever you recommend will probably carry that much more weightage. Right. And like what he mentioned, Vance mentioned earlier, when somebody likes you, mm. the chances of them listening to you is higher as well. Way, way higher. Yeah. 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 That's, that's how most podcasts uh, keep running though, isn't it? Because yeah. mm. like the, the fans, the fans support the, mm. the advertisements, yeah. you know. Because they see the effectiveness and that's why I think podcasts is... Mm, Making a comeback, you know. Even Mike Tyson has has one now. I know. Yeah, bite the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mike Tyson. <laughs> and he's an interesting fella. I've just finished his uh, autobiography. Yeah. That's supposed to be one of the best sports biographies there is. I have I've yet to read it, but he's supposed to be. Do you reading. want it? Oh yeah, I'd love it. I can pass it to you later. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He's an interesting guy, him, isn't he? Mike Tyson. Yeah. He's had yeah. some dark times. He's been very dark himself, but yeah. he's uh, yeah, a very interesting story. Because it all stemmed from his upbringing. He mm. mentioned that because his mom was a drug addict and she often had to change partners, you know, and stuff. So as a young boy, he grew up unknowingly that he was drawn to this kind of destructive woman people yeah yeah, yeah. So he was drawn to people like his mom so and this kind of people actually made his life worse so that's why he had all that rape things you know because he's attracted to all these problematic women i mean i'm i'm not saying that they're bad or what but that's just what it is yeah yeah and unknowingly we are our product of, we are the product of our parents upbringing unknowingly <laughs> at least some parts of them remain in us whether we like it or not absolutely yeah so you wanna wrap it up yeah how long is it <laughs> one hour 15 minutes Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, long. got a little bit over sorry <laughs> guys <laughs> no, no, I mean it's yeah. been uh, really fun yeah, the first international guest we have. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not the last. You get uh, many more. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you try to get as many as we can because this was terrific, man. Oh, thanks very much for having me, Vance and Tim. And really appreciate it. Had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I hope you we all benefited in some way. But yeah. if you need the guest or someone, oh yeah, definitely yeah. to bring both you guys back yeah. in my podcast when and it gets off the ground. Same. And we'll see maybe you have a better way of uh, doing stuff and then we can always learn yeah. from each other we can share exactly yeah, yeah. so do, do you have anything that you have to wrap the whole thing up with like a, a key learning point or key advice you can give anyone um, just be nice to people and listen to people <laughs> nice <laughs> Yeah, exactly from a physiotherapist. (laughs) 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 And uh, I think, don't forget to check out, what's that? Ah, The name of his charity. Oh, Oh, Operation Operation Walk Walk Ireland. Yeah, Yeah. please support. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Operation Walk Ireland. Ireland. Ireland.com, is it? 
Uh, yeah. yeah, they have they have their own website. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's .ie so oh, for, for yeah. Ireland. But if you just Google Operation Walk Ireland, it'll come up straight away. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely put it in the show yeah. notes, right? Yeah, we put, we put a link in the show oh, notes. Thank so. you very much. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We always... If someone's doing a good deed, there's no reason not to help them or anything. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. yeah. Tim? Uh, key learning point or anything? <laughs> I don't know. I just said it. Go to the operation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the key learning point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, lot. that was just kidding. Because I, I learned a lot from Connor. Honestly, uh, it's the gratefulness thing, something that we overlook mm. every day. You know, just being here, being able to have this conversation is really fun. And it's going to motivate me to get even more guests onto the show as well. Yeah. And for me, just now my team asked you, you know, about your interests and everything. Mm. So it reminded me of a quote that I saw earlier today from Julie Zuo. she's I think she's the VP of Facebook or something, some marketing part. She said that um, pursue something that is an interest and at the same time, it can be a marketable skill so that will help you in your future. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank, thanks, so thanks. I guess in some ways, indirectly, because you pursued your interest, I mean, even though it was a battle between visual therapy and marine <laughs> biologist, but you know, because you pursue your interest and then eventually you liked what you did and, you know, it helped you earn a living. Mm. Yeah, so that's my key learning point. Yeah, the way you put it like that, it's, uh, yeah, I'm very lucky. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way of summing it up uh, there, man. Yeah. yeah, he has this way to, you know, I don't know, maybe he's a writer or something, so... Have you ever done any like journalism or anything, Vance? You like well. you absorb all the information and then you ask a really great question. That's his job. Actually. Yeah, that's my yeah. job. <laughs> oh, right. He's I like an editor. That, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. like, thanks for listening, and uh, thank you. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see you again. Much. Yep. That's it. Thank you for staying until the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, share this with your friends and tag us on Instagram or Facebook to connect with us. We'd appreciate any sort of feedback. Be sure to check out the show notes at theanecdotes.net T-H-E-A-N-E-C-D-O-T-E-S dot net Thank you once again.